Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about self-critique and critical self-analysis. And uh, with me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Yeah, uh, we're talking about um, looking at your work in an, as objective a way as you can. And this was a listener request. And um, if you haven't noticed, we've been inviting people to submit topics. And it's a really important one. Yeah, and uh, you know, I want to say uh, we, we do this podcast for you, the listeners, and we have a lot to talk about, but we want to talk about things that you're interested in. So if there's anything that you want us to do an episode on, please stop by the uh, the Facebook page, uh, which is Facebook slash Messy Studio Podcast, uh, and uh, let us know what you think and what you'd like us to talk about. Yeah. So we actually have had quite a few topics um, <clears throat> that people have submitted, and um, so we're we're rolling along here with some of these. Self critique is really essential, and it's a skill that you develop over time, and you don't start out knowing how to do it. I don't think, but it is the most. I, I'd say if you can look at your work objectively and evaluate it, it's probably the best predictor of. How well, how well your work is really going to evolve and turn out. And I think it's a bit of a different process when you're just starting out than when you're more developed. So I'd like to talk about that just a little bit. A really important concept behind self-critique has to do with form and content. And I know I've mentioned this in other podcasts as well. It's a simple idea in a way, but it's profound. And it just means, are you using the the approach, the media, the style, the materials in the best way to get across your meaning or what you're after in the work. And if it's a little bit off or something, it, it's kind of easy to tell. So that's, a, that's kind of the underlying uh, theme that I always come back to with self-critique, along with uh, if you're talking about content, what is your content? What do you want? What are you after? What would you like people to get from your work? Oh, so you want to start with with a goal in mind is kind of what you're saying. Yeah. And see how and try to uh, analyze how well you are achieving that goal. How are how, not just kind of flow with the, the medium. I mean, I'm, there is some of that in the creative process, but you want to have specific ideas in mind that you're trying to portray and yeah, that's, so that you have a, a benchmark for... Right. That's what intentions are about. And that and that means really taking some time to think about what you want in your work. And it, sometimes it's not easy to do that. It takes some thought. It takes some a kind of dig deep, deeping dig, some intuitive <laughs> leaps, perhaps, uh, writing, journaling, that kind of thing. But for beginners, it's a little bit different because um, the the main important thing when you're starting out is develop to develop your skills. I mean, you could have all the great ideas and concepts that you want to talk about in your work. And if you don't have the skills to portray them or deal with them, right? You can have you can have all the the great intentions in the world, but if your drawings look like yeah. stick figures, then it's not <laughs> going to be very effective. Unless you really are doing something interesting with. I stick mean, you figures. could do some really incredible <laughs> stick. I've seen some incredible stick figure drawings. To be yeah, fair. but but almost any type of work, you need some kind of technical skill, even if it's a conceptual skill. And that's really what art school tends to focus on is is building up your technical ability. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So when you're on your own and you're looking at your work, it's easy, to, I suppose, to get to lose sight of how what your strengths and weaknesses are in your actual technique or your actual skills with the material. And that's where I suggest that beginners start with a simple idea of, is it working visually? And not to worry too much about what the content is starting out, because we all start somewhere and somewhere is learning how to use your materials. So it, you can just emphasize the form alone and, and leave the content aside for a little bit. Um, and so, uh, it's, it's not a bad starting point. And when you do identify a weakness and you think, oh, my color is just muddy or, you know, I don't have anything interesting about my composition or whatever it is, you can take that, uh, point and start working with it, uh, focus on it. So, narrowing it down, not worrying too much about taking on everything at once, but for a while, focus on color if that's your problem. And I will say, I should have said probably at the beginning that the idea of self-critique does not encompass beating yourself up, <laughs> telling yourself you're terrible and you're never going to make good art, that that is not part of self-critique. Sure. <laughs> so we want to keep like a positive mindset and you can yeah. definitely be critical of your work in a in a positive right. way. Be, be a supportive friend to yourself as you look at your work and think what what would be a helpful thing that you could say if you were looking at someone else's work? I, that, I love that, actually. That, that's that's just great kind of all-around advice, you know? If, yeah. if, if a friend was coming to you and saying, I have this problem, you know, what would you say to them? It you wouldn't say, advice. wow, you are such a piece of crap. <laughs> You're never going to get this right. Like, that's something that you would never say to another person. Right. And we say we talk like that to ourselves all the time. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it is it's good life advice. And so keep it in mind when you're looking at your work, because especially if you're feeling frustrated, you know, you very well may have those feelings. Um, so familiarize yourself uh, as a beginner with things like the visual elements and um, the design principles. These are just the basic building blocks of good artwork. And it doesn't matter what style you're working in or what medium. They, they're just very basic. So the elements would be things like color. Um, and when you look at your work, you can ask yourself questions about color, like, um, is there enough depth to the color? Is there um, a unity to it, but also something to break it up to provide some variety? Are you using a range of warm and cool? Are you using a range of value? Value is another important visual element, dark and light. Well, and the, like the first thing that you do when you're looking at into color, um, you, uh, when you're starting out in art school, the first thing you do is is make a color wheel, right? And you make kind of value charts and you start to explore yeah. just how far you can push these right. kind of visual elements. Yeah. And, and there's there's tons of information out there about color and all the visual elements. If you If you're starting out without any kind of formal instruction. You kind of have to educate yourself about this stuff. We cover some of this in our in our book, too, that Jerry and I wrote. So color, value, line. A lot of people put line in without any real intention. It's just kind of doodle-doodle. Uh, but think about what you want to convey. Is your, what, is your line interesting? That's a good starting point when you're a beginner. Is it varied? Is it? Does it look totally random and unconnected to anything or is it 
cohesive in some way. Right. And line can be very expressive. You can uh, vary the thickness of the line. You can make it curve and move in different ways. I think a lot of people get get stuck in a little bit of a rut with the type of line that they work with. And it may be a matter of, of changing your technique with line or changing the material you're making the line with. And it's fun. I mean, you know, these are things to play around with and enjoy. I, I really don't want to make this sound tedious, but I think what you want to do when you self-critique is um, identify things that you would like to work with and you need to work with and then enjoy it and, and explore it. Well, and appreciate it. As as somebody who worked more with three dimensional materials when I was doing more artwork, um, one of my favorite ways to play with line was uh, with wire sculpture, Mm -hmm. and um, you know, kind of moving into using some uh, some other kind of material to explore different aspects of line and value and color. Yeah, identify something you want to work with in your work, and then play and relax and experiment and see what you can come up with. And then see what you can bring back to your work. And you'll be surprised, I think, at once you focus on something, how much development you can see in that. And a couple other visual elements would, would be um, shape or form in three-dimensional art and texture. Uh, people that work with cold wax medium often really fall in love with texture to the extent that it may totally consume their work (laughs) well and cold wax medium is interesting because it's it's almost a kind of a bridge between those worlds of Mm three-dimensional two-dimensional work really hold the it's very moldable so yeah so um if you look at your work and you're starting out and you say what is there here besides texture you probably need to think more about shape and about uh value contrast and things like that so um, along with the visual elements, think about the the bigger design principles. And you could think of the elements as a basic word vocabulary. And then the design elements are how you put them together to into a sentence or something to, to, to make the bigger picture. And these would be things like, well, form and content that I already mentioned is huge, as well as things like contrast. Lots of ways you can put contrast into your work, build it in there, and it always helps strengthen your work. And it isn't something that's emphasized enough, I think. At the same time, you need some kind of unity. I mean, you don't want to just have it all, everything different. So uh, as, a, as a basic principle, and I will say there are artists that have broken every rule, but if you're starting out, you're not starting out breaking rules okay well it's it's kind of like fashion you know you got to know the rules before yeah, you break exactly. them <laughs> um another important design principle is is movement throughout the work so a, a visual path that your viewer can take so that they know where to look and otherwise it becomes very chaotic and hard to see and we can lose sight of this because we're right on top of it all the time and Self-critique means you have to step back from it and imagine if someone else were looking at it and where would their eyes go. And that that also has to do with interesting composition and balanced composition. And a couple of hints for this kind of focus on form here that we're talking about for beginners. Um, When you're looking at the work and you're wondering, does it work? You can do things like use a mirror. So you just hold a mirror... Uh, with your back to the painting, hold the mirror up 
and study the reverse image. And you'd be surprised how things will pop out at you that are just not working somehow. Try turning the painting. Try covering up different areas, either just by holding your hand in front of your face, or you can physically put a piece of newsprint down over an area. And you're trying to edit. You're trying to figure out what do you need, what do you not need, and what might be a total distraction in this thing that you're working on. So what you're trying to do is basically kind of change anything about how you're looking at the painting so that it so that you can look at it with fresh eyes and not exactly. look at it like something you've been staring at for the past three days trying to figure out <laughs> how do I so, make this work. It's so important. Also putting it away for a day or so. Mm-hmm. And finally, I think what a lot of people do is um, take a photo and you can look at it then on your computer and again, things will jump out at you. And you can put it into black and white mode. Sure. And you can see the value. Yeah. And you can adjust the contrast and play with colors and do all kinds of things in Photoshop. Yes, you can. And even with just a simple, with your simple phone camera, you can put it in black and white right while you're in the studio and just take a look at the value range. So those are things that are important. Now, you don't necessarily wait until the end of your painting to do this you know you work and work and work for days you say okay is it working I think I'm done that's a step and it's important but you should also be doing this throughout the painting and taking time beginning of the day end of the day make some notes think about what you want to change so when you are a more advanced artist We go to another level with all of this. And this is really where your content comes in and more intention about what you're doing. Intention can cover the the form of the painting as well. So we talked about, do I need better color or something like that? But these kind of intentions uh, can also be way more conceptual. And those are things that a more advanced artist might be taking on. And things like, if someone looks at your painting, you know, what, what would you like them to feel or experience? If someone were describing your painting to someone else, what would you like them to say about it? And obviously you can't control that, but you are in charge of a lot of this and how, how well you can skillfully work with your ideas, again, gets back to that, that basic level of knowing what you're doing. But as a more advanced artist, you can think about uh, basic ideas that you want in your work. Like maybe you want a sense of calmness or unity. Maybe you want, maybe you're interested in a more, um, more contrast or more drama in your work. Maybe you have specific ideas, really more conceptual ideas. You want to deal with a particular idea that um, has to do with the world you live in. And all of these things can be can be pinpointed. And you actually can make a list of these things. And it helps keep you on track. Because when you're in the middle of a painting, you can get so distracted and, oh, oh, wait, it's starting to look like a landscape. But okay, I'll go with that. Well, maybe landscape isn't really what you're after. And we can take these sort of easy outs and say, oh, okay, I'll, I'll just tweak it that way and I'll be done. And I think it's odd, the uh, the impulse to be done, which takes takes over sometimes. <laughs> this stuff, you know, usually... 
a, a painting that you've really spent some time on is going to have more depth and interest. So don't rush to the finish line. Well, I, I think that there's a very human urge to um, – it's it's much easier to start things than to finish them. Absolutely. Absolutely true. And I've heard artists say, I've got all these different paintings that I've started and I have no idea how to finish them. So that's a good time for – thinking about your intentions and and doing some 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 self critique and and really a big part of all of this is letting go of things that aren't working and i know i've talked before about the little darlings or the special precious areas that you feel like you can't let go of and yet they're probably standing in your way because they represent your kind of your block your stopping point and you don't want to stop. You want to keep going until it's really what you want. I, I say one of the important things to ask yourself as a more advanced artist is, am I am I settling here? <laughs> am I saying, I've been working on this thing so long. I'm tired of it. Okay, this is this is a good painting. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Well, more than once I've seen you take a, a work that you felt like was almost finished and step back and decide that you weren't quite satisfied with it and pick up a tube of paint and cover the whole thing with it <laughs> right, and start right. scraping and working back right. into it again. And I think a lot of I've I've done something similar but doesn't work very well. A lot of artists will think, "Oh, I just want to change this one thing." And because everything in your painting is connected, usually if you change one thing, it's going to be the whole painting and and I often I just say to myself, "Okay, you know, I'm jumping in here. I'm, I'm, this painting is not going to be this painting anymore, even though it was pretty good, even though it was, yeah, I like it, a lot of things about it, but it's going away now. <laughs> and that's a, it's a leap. And I think the more you can do that, the better your work will be to not hang on to things that just aren't, aren't quite good enough. And they're not quite in line with what you're after. And so another thing that the intentions, really help you with is the actual kind of step-by-step going over of your work and saying, um, okay, I, I say here that I would like some very subtle color or some very earthy color. Have I got that? Um, or the opposite, I say I want really bright color. Is it too toned down? And it, it provides you with sort of a checklist. I will say that, you know, I, at this point in my painting, I don't sit there with a checklist. But this stuff becomes very ingrained in in who you are as a painter. And you don't have to dwell on it. It just you just sort of know it. And it does help to revisit it sometimes because you can get off track. But uh, do you find it helpful to to create kind of a list of goals or expectations for a painting before you start in the first place or I really don't. And I I think that depends on the artist, but it's more my, when I work with intentions, it's more of a global thing. It's just what I want for my work. So I want, I want, I mean, I can say a couple of the ones that I work with is I really want to be connected to my work. I really want to feel that what I've done is connected to my experience and my emotions. And that's a pretty lofty goal, really, because you can certainly lose that pretty quickly. It's also something where if you get a little bit too clinical with your approach, you're going to lose that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like it's like a, a delicate butterfly or something, and you're holding it in your hand, and you, you know, you you don't want to crush it. 
and so that's a that's a hard one. But it's one I've I've said from the very beginning about my work, and I also want people, my viewers, to connect with my work. So that that word has several layers of meaning. I want to give the viewer something to enter into the work with, to, to hang on to, and so that's important to me. And I I also another maybe a little bit more concrete intention. I want the work to look good, to be interesting and intricate up close. And I also want it to have impact from a distance. And that's something I think has led to some changes in my work. I think for a long time, it didn't have as much impact from a distance as I would like. It was quite soft looking. And my current work has more dramatic contrast in it. So, Contrast is, is now one of my intentions. It really didn't used to be. And so they can change over time as you learn. And all of this just involves a lot of self-reflection and thoughtfulness. Sometimes it does help to bring in another person. Um, and, and then we might say it's not self-critique anymore. But you might invite the other person in not necessarily to critique your work, but just to say, what do you get out of this? You know, what? What, do you, what feeling are you getting from this painting or whatever it is you're trying to figure out? And they'll just give you an honest answer. It doesn't have to be an artist giving a critique. It can be a family member or anybody and just a friend and just have a little conversation about it. And one of the things I've noticed sometimes is if I'm having an unrelated conversation in the studio, I keep looking at my painting out of the corner of my eye. I don't know what that is. It's a distraction of having another person there we're not even looking at that painting and when they leave I, I'm, I'm running for my paint because I've seen what I need to see it's like it kind of sneaks up on you and it does so uh, one of the uh, tips I tell people is yeah not only put things away but uh, I don't mean turn them to the wall hang them on a wall but don't look at them directly for a few days but out of the corner of your eye or glance at it when you walk in sometimes pretty important things are revealed about what you need to do. So just as I mentioned earlier with the beginning people, self-critique is not something you wait to the end to do. And you take some time every day to look at it when you're in progress. Also, just rotating through some paintings, because sometimes you learn something on one painting that's in progress, and you can turn around and see, well, how would that work in this one? And so... Uh, that's what, one of the reasons I like to have more than one painting going at the same time. I might not work on them all in one session. I usually don't, maybe one or two, but but I might come in the next time and pick up an, a different one. And so it keeps it fresh and it keeps what you're learning um, kind of spread out over the big picture of your work. And I, I do... I do look at painting as learning. I think it's it's a great research project into your own brain or something. And and it's your research project and it's like a lifelong project to figure this stuff out. So we do get frustrated. Everybody gets frustrated. Sometimes I'll say to somebody uh, oh, I, you know, I just uh, wrecked this painting because that process of covering over sometimes really does feel like wrecking in spite of all my pep talks about you got to do it. You know, you don't feel good afterwards. And, and people are a little surprised sometimes that I get just as frustrated as a beginner would that I have wrecked it, even though part of me knows 
uh, it's going to be better when I'm done with it. <laughs> but it's just that kind of primal reaction of of losing something. Well, and I think that the difference between, um, you know, a work that gets completed to the point where you are truly satisfied with it and uh, a work that doesn't reach that point is that ability to take risks and kind of have faith in the process. Exactly. And that's that's going to be the difference between work that is ultimately a, a bit amateurish and work that is a bit more mm-hmm. professional. And the only way you get that faith is by practice and by doing it and by seeing the cycle and saying, I've been through this before. I know this cycle. It's not fun in the middle of it, but, um, you know, it can be pretty frustrating. I wouldn't say it's never fun because I, tr- I do try to keep that playful attitude going, but there, there's going to be a moment when I'm sort of feeling disgusted. <laughs> um, but it's so important to just do that and just keep, keep pushing. Why not push? I mean, why settle? Your work will never be as good if you don't push it. Well, and, and I think that it's, that's, that's the key right there is that it's, most people don't have a problem seeing the flaws in their work. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a problem with settling, you know? Uh-huh. So it, usually people, they, they, they see too many flaws even in their work and uh-huh. they need to, kind of scale back and, mm-hmm. you know, realize that things are, are going to work out if it's they just very, keep on pushing. It's a very organic process. I mean, you know, you win some, you lose some, you make advances, you you screw things up, you, you know, it's like, it's never linear. And I think the acceptance of that aspect of it is important. And I think we are trained to do things in a linear way uh, to reach a goal. And you mentioned earlier, do I set goals? If I ever set goals, they would just be more like, I want this to be a really good painting. (laughs) More vague. Yeah. Or I really want to keep this idea going that I've got with these shapes or, you know, I think I'm on to something. I want to explore that further. That would be the type of goal that I would be working with. Well, did you have any final thoughts to kind of wrap up this episode and put a bow on self-critique? <laughs> um, take it on. Be be kind to yourself and understand that it can be frustrating to see the flaws, to see the problems, but it's all about dealing with them because you're going to get to a much better place if you're willing to take this on. And when you are frustrated, you're learning the most. And when you are self-critiquing, you're learning the most. And take notes um, and maybe share your thoughts with somebody that you trust to listen. And I, I think I would add trust the process. Trust the process. You know, if, you're, name. if your technique is right and you're doing the right things within your work, you just got to have patience and realize if you keep pushing, you're going to yeah. reach that point with it where you're, where and, you're and truly tr- trust, happy with it. Trust the process is kind of a motto in some of my workshops. And there's an excellent book with that title uh, by a guy named Sean McNiff. And he does discuss all of this sort of thing. So you might want to check that book. Okay. Well, we'll put a, a link to his uh, to his book in, uh, in, yeah. in the description for this episode. It's a good one. 
All right, well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your own creative space, messy or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs>